What's poppin' my fellow bubblers? Despite both of them juggling many jobs, we've managed to chase down and have a good chat with Pam and Jenny, the heart and soul behind Australia's first DIY bubble tea store. But I'm not telling you which one is the heart and which is the soul. Pam graduated with a Bachelor of Business, majoring in Marketing and Management. She started off her journey into social media through her now large Instagram page, Munching Melbourne, and used her talents to help other businesses with social media marketing through visionary media. Jenny, on the other hand, is an optometrist, having had office to run her own practice. Both of them combined their skills into founding Bubble Tea Club, which is not only a store that gives you access to store-quality bubble tea in the comfort of your own home, but it's also a community that shares their love for the drink. We hope you enjoyed the discussion in this episode, which I estimate is about 50% laughter and 50% good vibes. Both Pam and Jenny's journey is inspirational. Today, they share their decision of moving away from stable and traditional careers to running their own businesses, what it takes to juggle multiple commitments, the role bubble tea plays in Asian Australian culture, and the hustle that was required to build Bubble Tea Club to where it is today. Kick back, grab a bubble tea, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to The New Normal, a platform for sharing Asian Australian stories and experiences. In this podcast, we aim to celebrate, support and inspire fellow Asian Australians through meaningful storytelling with leading Asian Australian voices and organisations. Join us, your co-hosts Anthony, Nat and Will, as we share the story of those who took the journey to change and evolve, to those who dared to challenge the status quo and to those who never settle and constantly seek the new normal. Good morning or good afternoon wherever you are and welcome to another episode of the New Normal Podcast. My name is Will and I'm here with Anthony today and we are your co-hosts for today. So with us, we've, we're joined by Pam and Jenny from Bubble Tea Club. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. It's great to have you guys on board. Yeah, thanks for inviting us in. Not a problem. Excited to have a chat with you today. Uh huh. Yeah, (laughs) we're looking forward to it. (laughs) I'm not excited. (laughs) So we've got a little game we wanted to play with you before we metaphorically spill the bubble tea. But first up, why don't you ladies give the listeners a quick introduction on who you are and what you're currently up to? So Pam, how about you kick it off for us? Yeah, so I'm Pam, one of the co-founders of Bubble Tea Club. We basically sell DIY bubble tea kits to people all over Australia. You can easily just make your own bubble tea at home, taste just like the shops, and we have over 550 flavors. That starts from $1.75. That kind of sums up the bubble tea club. Yeah. Did you? 550 flavors? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, 550 combinations. combinations. Wow. Yeah. Dude, once per day, I don't think I'll ever go through. Like... <laughs> we'll add more flavors in. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Um, Okay, I'm looking forward to try all 550-plus flavors out there. <laughs> and how about you, Jenny? Well, we basically <laughs> do, <laughs> we do the same thing. <laughs> but so we started um, this only about five months ago when COVID hit. And I went from like a very stable job, which was being an optometrist. I think I've been doing it for over four years now. And I think, I, I think it took me by surprise that something so stable could turn upside down and so kind of just wanted to start something and try something new that would work 
um or give it anything a shot i'm just yeah not someone course. i'm just not yeah i'm not someone who can sit in one spot and just do nothing so prior to bubble tea i was actually we even tried doing puzzles <laughs> so um because dan andrew said that puzzles were essential for lockdown <laughs> Okay. One of the many things that Dan has <laughs> Yeah, so we, we tried um, doing puzzles and then Pam came up with the idea of bubble tea and then making it accessible for everyone um, during lockdown. But we also noticed that this is something that is just an everyday thing. You can make it at home, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Before we delve too much into all of that, though, let's play this game. So we've got a game called This or That. And mm-hmm. so I will give you two options and Anthony will count down from three and you have to both say an option that first comes up to your mind. So for example, Adidas or Nike, then three, two, one, and then you guys are just going to pick mm-hmm. one or the other. Yeah. So let's see how well you guys sync up or actually let's see if you're opposites or not. Opposites attract, but if yeah. we have the same answer. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. So you guys ready? Yeah. Cool. Okay. First one. Winter or summer? Summer. Oh, winter. Free. Summer. Oh, we didn't come free too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, that, that's okay. Wait, what did you say? I think in terms of timing. <laughs> so I think I, I heard a winter Jenny, and a summer. Jenny said summer and then um, Pam said winter. winter. So opposites do attract. Yeah. <laughs> I keep her happy in winter and she'll keep me happy. Did you just refer to yourself in third person? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> For the listeners there. All right. Yeah, let's move on. So, next, hip hop R and B or EDM? Oh, great! So hot, EDM. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe we need to say it correctly. You know what? Nah, they came. They came for it. We'll skip the three, two, one. I'll just say. All right. You know what? Forget the three, two, one. Then you can say answer straight away. (laughs) So what was it? EDM, right? I said EDM. I said R and B. It's not looking good, guys. <laughs> all right. You can't break it's this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can probably already see what's the how they would sort of work together on this bubble tea club behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you need different differing right. views, right? That's how it works. You complement <laughs> each other. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. So next one, early bird or night owl? Ooh. Oh, early bird. Yeah, early bird. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. we agreed on something. Yeah, I know. Huh. <laughs> you have to work at the same time. <laughs> yeah. We have a morning um, call, so we kind yeah. of have to get up at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I wake up to her calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same, on opposite as well. So, yeah. How early would you Fair have enough. to wake up for this, generally mm-hmm. speaking? Depends. Uh, so, normally I get up. Like, if I was going to work, it would normally be like 7.30 is when I wake up. Yeah. When I when it was more stable, I would wake up at 6.30. But now I get mm. to sleep in until whenever I want. But Pam calls me at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so. I think that's low-key uh, abuse right there. I'll call you 8 o'clock too. Make sure you're getting to class time. Let's move on. So next, sushi train or yum cha? Oh, sushi yum-cha. train. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, yeah, hard one. How do you guys decide on team lunches like that? <laughs> mm, we just decide on two team lunches instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That works too. I like I like my yum chart, man. Oh, okay. I, I well, think I there's something something about the trolleys, man. The carts. Yeah, and the aunties coming that up. Makes so makes much more. Yeah, better. but there's something mm-hmm. about the trains as well. You know. Yeah, the, the, the aesthetic. Just watch it. <laughs> 
Yeah, you can jump right? <laughs> get to choose sushi on the court. Yeah, <laughs> new business concept. Yeah, an idea for your guys' next ventures. How about you guys do like a yum chan train or something like that? Oh, <laughs> think about that. Mm, your idea. Mm. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna blame that one out actually. No. <laughs> All right. Copyright it with your legal background. <laughs> so next one, fruit tea or milk tea? Oh, I can't decide. Fruit that one. tea, I think. Fruit tea. Fruity. It's really hard. Like yeah, it yeah, it's hard. But Depends I would choose. Depends on my mood. <laughs> oh, I think I would order that's more. Okay. Fruit that's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I would drink fruit teas more. Yeah. yeah. Only because it's more like, it's a little bit healthier. Yeah. <laughs> that's mainly, mainly the thing. But I think in terms of taste, they're equally as good. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's good to know yeah, fruit is healthy. I actually never knew. I thought they were both just as unhealthy as yeah. one another. <laughs> Don't say that, please. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, pearls or jelly? Oh, God. This is getting hard. One, two, three, pearls. Oh. oh, no. Oh. <laughs> okay, you can have, you can have um, bubble tea without without jellies but you can't have them without pills yeah well most of the time <laughs> we're defining bubble that's tea now the OG. Oh, is that, is that that's the OG. OG. yeah mm. that's a good answer right there all right last all right. question so last. make this one hopefully you guys got I this i think one. you should save this one chi you guys ready full sugar or no sugar oh i think we'll be on the same right <laughs> All right, we'll right, right, yeah, count down for this one. Ready? Three, two, one. No sugar. Oh, no, yeah, so there boring. we go. <laughs> Have it. We've heard it for you first. Bubble tea club is healthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's adjustable to your own liking. Yeah. So if you would like full sugar, yeah. add more fructose. <laughs> We've had people who do no sugar and people who were like, oh, I don't have enough sugar. But it's quite rare, but I can't believe people are actually asking for more sugar. It's always giving them so much. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But at least I know how much they're putting in, right? Compared to like the store yeah. made one, I guess. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's go ahead. You guys have already started talking about a bit about the history and how you guys got started with Bubble Tea Club. But at first, I think we're a bit interested into um, getting to know you guys a bit more personally rather than Bubble Tea Club first. So, um, Jenny, I know that you graduated from undergrad deacon optometry about, was it four years ago? Yeah, in 2003, yeah. Mm, yeah, and autometry courses are, I guess it's a pretty narrow and defined sort of course and career pathway mm-hmm. where you probably only become either an optometrist or you do further sort of academic research when you graduate. So even beginning back to when you were at uni or back in high school, I guess, did you solely wanted to become an optom or what else was there? Um, I always knew that I wanted to do something in the science career. Um, my parents always pushed me to be a pharmacist. I, so I did my first work experience at a pharmacy store and I didn't really like it because I wanted some human to human interaction. But, and then I thought that optometry would be a good option. And I think um, I was right to go into the career that I did. Um, so working, I get to meet so many different personalities and I really like that about optometry. Um, but yeah, I never knew that I'd get into business and something that's completely different at the same time. Yeah. yeah. This is meant to be a side hustle. <laughs> it became a hustle. Oh. It became a, it can be, yeah, it's becoming a real hustle. 
I mean, even though optometry is quite like defining, there is a large like business aspect for where you can translate those skills over as well, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like a lot of um, yeah, it's a lot of um retail, so meeting a lot of people, yeah. um, a lot of customer service, and I think that translates, especially the customer service side, that translates a lot into and the caring side. I think. Yeah, I think we, mm. a lot of our customers actually like that we are. Uh, we care about them and we actually so we take the time out to put in special efforts like special notes or um even we have a facebook mm. community that we even talk, chat to our um customers day to day to your bubblers yeah we i've been following <laughs> yeah good on you <laughs> um yeah so how exactly did someone who wanted to know they were going to go into science and did optometry straight up and because you graduated four years ago so you've been practicing for quite a while now so yeah how or why why didn't optom end up starting up a do-it-yourself bubble tea business um what was the influences i guess like with with optometry that's something that innately i was i think my parents pushed me into the science degree, like I said, mainly because growing up as growing up in like an Asian immigrant family where everything was defined mm. by the books. Like, you know, you go, you go study hard and then you go to work and then you go to uni, oh, sorry, you go to uni and then you go to work. It, and then I think it's kind of like a what's next. I, I still never knew that I was going to ever do business. I, it's never a path that I had ever imagined myself to be in, but my, partner so he he does a lot of um startups and he's done a lot of business and i think he was actually just born to be a business person yeah um and i think that definitely sparked a lot of interest because i always felt intrigued when he was speaking to um a lot of his friends about business i never knew what he was talking about and all these terms and 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 like yeah all these um terminologies i've never really heard about um i was always intrigued by it but never knew that i would do it until lockdown happened so yeah so definitely a big like influence from your partner in that case um but yeah so for pam for you though it was more of a natural course wasn't it because you came um from a business degree at monash right yeah so actually when i came out of uni it was the same as what jenny was saying where you're heavily influenced by what your parents wanted you to do Mm-hmm. For them, it was like, oh, get into Melbourne Uni. And so when I applied, I applied for Melbourne Uni. And the first thing I did was economics, even though it was not something I knew about. I didn't know anyone that was in economics. But it was just like, if you choose that path and you go into a good uni, then that's what's going to be good for you. Um, but I think it's what your parents mm-hmm. actually just have reference to. Because if you told someone, mm-hmm. like if you told your parents you wanted to become an artist or a creative, they would only link that to whatever reference they have. So whether that career is successful or not, is based on the reference of their own life. So mm. they would have seen doctors successful, like mm. accountants are successful. So naturally in their mind, hey, this is a path that's gonna be successful for my kids as well. Um, but when I was in uni in the first couple of years, I like really dread doing that course. And I ended up like doing my own online business in the first year of uni. Um, and it was based on that experience. I was like, I really like marketing um, management side of things. And I actually transferred out of my course uh, two years into my degree. So when I was about to do my final year, at Melbourne and actually went into marketing because I knew that was something I was actually a lot more passionate about and interested in. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually how I pivoted into marketing. That's so good to hear. It's good to hear that you decided early on. I think we spoke about this in the last podcast too with Benny and Brian was that 
early on in their education, they knew that they didn't like what they were doing at the time and they made that jump into deciding that this is actually what I wanted to do. I know that's, that, that's what I wanted to do and I'll decide to pursue that. So both of you have actually talked about a bit about um, the sort of familial pressures, familial? Familial pressures that <laughs> your family and others put on you to follow something more traditional. So uh, I just want to ask you guys, like, what was, what was the sort of reaction your parents or you know, your family gave you when, I guess, when you told them that I'm not going to follow that safe, corporate, high up, big company sort of career. I'm going to pursue my own business instead. Well, my, my, I know my family was definitely like, why are you taking a risk? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, like my dad, um, he came here on a boat when he was like 21. So we definitely, you know, we're not in a really wealth, wealthy family or anything like that. Um, so growing up, but he would make sure that I was educated. So even even going to tuition, he would, he would save up every penny to make sure that I was getting like $80 an hour lesson for tuition fees. And for like almost every single subject for me and my brother. So it was a huge thing um, mm-hmm. for me to like, um, he was happy that I got into optometry, um, but then my so my dad's like pretty chill. Like they don't they're not like super strict, um, but like education is a big thing for them. Um, so going and doing bubble tea, I think my parents were a little bit shocked. They were there's a lot of like worry for them. You just yeah. don't normally just going to state. Yeah, yeah, you're going from like something really stable to something that's really unstable. You normally don't do that. <laughs> He's yeah. like saved up so much. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you already had gone into yeah. optometry as well. And yeah. like you already have like the work experience and going yeah. there. Mine was actually different because my parents actually come in they've always had their own business. Um, so I still mm-hmm. went into corporate and I still went into like do agency work because I felt like I needed that experience. I didn't want to jump out assuming that I can just run business on my own. I felt like there was so much I mm-hmm. could still learn before actually coming out. So I just still did my side business mm-hmm. um, throughout uni and then throughout my work experience and being just doing nine to five. And it actually just got to a point where my parents saw that I was putting so much time into my side, like my agency, which I, um, which I started with my business partner a couple of years ago, that they were like, I think it's time for you to quit your nine to five job because, <laughs> <laughs> because you're just going to become someone that's trying to juggle a lot of two things and never become really great at one. Um, and then so when I told them that, they're like, yeah, I'll just do it. Like I've already seen the effort you're putting in. I've seen like the mm-hmm. time you've put into it. You're not just doing it for fun. I think they just need to see stability. Yeah. Um, so supportive. Yeah. So they're really actually supportive. Yeah. That's an awesome story to hear yeah. that. Because, I mean, you can't really fault the parents for um, for worrying for trying something different because, you know, they've put in all this, like, they've gone through all the hardship when they were younger to be mm. able to take us to where we are today. So that yeah, exactly. they also do feel like, you know, yeah, they, they, they worry as well. But yeah. So it's yeah. awesome to hear your parents were so supportive as well. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, like, I think if your parents don't hear about what you're doing, then that's when they're not sure about whether it's a good choice for you. But for me, my parents are very open in terms of communication and I've always shared with them what the experience was of running a business and the experience of the nine to five was. Yeah. And because they were hearing my <laughs> stories throughout two, like a few years or like throughout the whole process, they understood my decision and where it came from, as opposed to like jumping at them out of nowhere and be like, hey, I'm going to quit my nine to five job mm-hmm. now. Because that's when they have no context and they have like, okay, wait, hold on. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? But if you're just sharing your thought process with them, 
it makes it a lot easier for them to understand as well. Yeah, 100%. It just shows that your parents sort of just want to support you no matter what you do. They, they just want the best for you. They want you to have a stable, not stable, sorry, a successful career. And as Pam said earlier on, like their experience of thinking of what successful career might be that um, st- more stable nine to five, but they also know, also want to support you. And as they see you grow up and go through these struggles, their perspective of success might change in their eyes and what their kids are doing yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So um, Pam, you also talked about starting your own um, agency. I think it was a VSNRY digital agency, was yeah. it? Media? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Is that pronounced visionary? Yeah, or? visionary. It is visionary. <laughs> <laughs> so the, for context, the whole word of visionary was taken was taken already. And we're too lazy to spell everything. We were like, we just take out everything. <laughs> and then they just put VSNRY, which is the same as social media. Social media is just getting straight to the point. Take as much out as possible. And if people can still understand you, then you're doing a good job. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can visualize. <laughs> <laughs> And I, yeah, I just want to ask, like, how you, how you going with juggling all these different commitments? You're also running a Instagram page, Munching Melbourne, as well, and that's doing well. It's big as well. And so, how, how do you go about juggling all these different commitments? Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting because even though they're different, all three of them still sit within the food industry. Because for Visionary, we work very closely with a lot of Asian brands and hospitality. Um, and for munching Melbourne, it's just a lot of eating, so <laughs> and I have to eat every day. So what did really you hard. ask for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to eat every day anyway. I generally like just love yeah. food and Asian food in general. That's, so that's not really too hard. And I guess in saying that, all free is also because your own business. There's a lot of flexibility in terms of time. I think it just has a lot to do with discipline. Like if just yeah, and just ownership into if you want to get something done, then you just have to work for it. So yeah. Um, so we've gotten a little bit of insight into each of you, but we haven't even figured out how you guys know each other yet because you, you <laughs> go to the same uni. So what's the story? So my partner started something called Scroll Ice Cream a couple of years ago. I think it's like four or five four years, years ago. ago yeah. Um, yeah. And so because Pam does Munching Melbourne, she actually got invited um, to try to, um, to do scroll, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. To try to make your own scroll ice cream. And I think I was, I happened to be there. And then I think that's when we first met. Yeah. But it was, wasn't only until like bubble tea until we actually got really close. Yeah. yeah. We see each other a lot more often. <laughs> that's interesting. So let's talk about that. How did you guys decide on making the jump to work together on this new, a new venture? Well, we actually didn't know. It was, it was mainly like, oh, great idea. Like, let's just give it a shot. And then it just worked. Yeah. <laughs> I think I... it took us probably like a week for it to, for us to like roll it out yeah i think for us it was i think we have the same personality in terms of not thinking too much and we're just a lot more uh, people that are doers yeah that's right spontaneous um, yeah attackers spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> so i think clearly it was clear one day didn't wait for our countdown for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't follow like, the rules <laughs> Everything was just like, oh, let's just give it a go. Like, yeah, let's do this. And we just like went on everyone's, like, you know, our ideas. And then it just came into fruition. We, as soon as it became live, we were like, oh my God, like people are actually buying. And then we're like, oh my God, we don't have a packaging or anything like that. <laughs> so everything was just on the go. We were solving so many problems. <laughs> yeah, that's very going. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it sounded like you guys didn't really have much of like a pre-launch sort of thing. You just went straight into it, yeah. got the tea, sent it out, put your name on it. That's all right. So um, I got one main question. I think we're jumping straight into Bubble Tea Club right now. So one main question. Did you, would you think that you would be doing Bubble Tea Club if it was not for COVID? No, I don't think we would be. Like it wouldn't be as urgent or the way that we started it. I feel like the idea itself was there, but the demand for it at that time wouldn't be as prevalent like for us because you're an optom and then I was in my own business as well. Yeah. Naturally, just other mm-hmm. things I reckon would have been the different focus for us. Yeah. Um, I would have been committed to my, my, you know, full-time job. I don't think I would have been doing this if it wasn't for something that was, I think my stable job became so unstable where I was like, oh, let's go and do, try something new. We had all this time um, and couldn't sit on, <laughs> sit still on our asses. So we just tried something. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a sense of urgency from our end in terms of you're saying like, for example, in Optom, Jenny had a lot less days working than she was. And for my, because I worked so much with possible clients and gyms and mm-hmm. events that all of our clients just immediately had to stop or like really hold back on their uh, marketing. So we were still putting in that time and effort, but we're like, hey, we need to, we're just exploring a lot of different things. Yeah, and I think doing. it just became like a really happy accident for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You were exploring a lot of different things, was it? Like a lot of different ideas or um, was it always to do with bubble tea? So like just business in general, I think. Because for us, it's like, I don't know. I think maybe that's where like the personality is similar in terms of we can't sit still. And because we're like, hey, there's so much instability. And unknown, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So our way of controlling that is starting as many businesses as possible. (laughs) 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 To feel like we have control where people would have to do things. I completely understand it, yeah. So in the end, what made you guys choose bubble tea? Was was it the best idea out of a whole bunch of different ones or was there some sort of other of deeper meaning? <laughs> what did you do? I don't know. We did the, because um, Sashi was working with um, Jenny's partner, Justin, uh, his brother, Tim, and we, because I was working in hospitality, they put together like a website. Um, we are open. We're open now, yeah. Which yeah. basically laying people know that restaurants were still opened because you can't go out. People are just assuming everything's closed. Yeah. So we pulled together a whole directory of Melbourne venues. There was like over 500 something. We got onto like Channel 7. Tim was on there. So we worked together on that. We just... We just... It was Channel 10. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Channel 10. But yeah. So I don't know. We had... We had... We just doing a lot of things. Not necessarily doing it together. Yeah. Um, but we were just doing a lot of things. And then the next idea just became bubble tea. And bubble tea was one that stuck yeah for yeah. me prior was actually pu- the puzzle challenge um we were going to for every puzzle that was sold we were going to donate a bit to a frontliner to the front yeah so a company that huh. yeah that was dedicated for frontliners um but that didn't pick off <laughs> that didn't take off at all <laughs> <laughs> but we had a also a community and people were actually posting so i was actually quite surprised um and then we did bubble tea and then we were just yeah it just that took off yeah i was like because because where i live within our area like there was actually just free restaurants on uber eats like prior covid yeah like i like you would not be able to order any food in my space there's no chinese um shops in my area and no access to bubble tea yeah <laughs> i was like and then a lot of people were just like that's on, a disaster well, man. i know <laughs> disaster on disaster <laughs> Yeah. Um, and people were just posting online like all of their recipes, like Southern Asian tray and uh, Southern Asian cooking, etc. Every- 
Good yeah, yeah, everyone was posting like <laughs> their <laughs> recipes and stuff for bubble tea, and it was actually really hard to find all of the ingredients in, in one, one place. In yeah. one place. Um, but I was mm-hmm. like, and that's when I was like to them, I was like, hey, imagine you can get like all your bubble tea ingredients just in one spot, and then the next day, she came with all the ingredients, <laughs> <laughs> and we started our business. <laughs> and then she, she, so Pam came up with a logo and then put it on a website. We're like. Is it ready to launch? Yeah, we'll just give it a shot. And then the people started buying and we're like, oh, oh. man, we don't have anything. Wait, this wasn't meant to happen. <laughs> and then um, basically put our life on fast forward. Like I think we were working like 12 to 16 hour days. It was um, physically, mentally tiring. Like it was probably the hardest like I've ever worked. <laughs> so, yeah. And I yeah. think it was just momentum. I think yeah. in saying that if Bubble Tea wasn't successful, I reckon we would have been moving on to something mm-hmm. else. So bubble tea wasn't like the first thing on our mind, and we we're like, this is we have like this is the only thing we're right. doing. For us, it was our mentality during COVID and surviving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then we're just happy to be in bubble tea, which is a really <laughs> fun brand, and it's like a massive gap, yeah, um, in the market and just shifting away people consume bubble tea in general at home. Also, you can do tea and coffee at home, but like, why is bubble tea not as one of the biggest industries for drinks? And it's an Asian representation. You can just standardize and normalize that drink yeah. yeah so you just took that opportunity then i went straight into it yeah so um i don't know if you guys can disclose this or anything but it's your sort of like target audience or your your consumer base sort of strictly or majority asian or do you also have like tap into like the western market in a way yeah yeah it's actually quite mixed we were surprised at first mm. when we did it because we thought that it was predominantly just going to be um, asian asians that are buying it but, but it's not the case but that's not the case <laughs> really yeah, it was actually, that's, I think that's why it was really interesting to see, like, the Australian demographic and how many of them knew about bubble tea. Like, they're yeah. introducing drinks to us that we have never tried yeah. before. So, yeah, we're pretty surprised about that. It's definitely not dominated by just Asians <laughs> drinking bubble tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think um, a lot of the Western people who haven't tried it, they when they try um, bubble tea for the first time, it's quite mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that name, Mona? Have you seen that meme cheat? What meme? Of, like <laughs> of a Western girl who like tried bubble tea for the first time. I think it's on TikTok and she's like, huh, what? I don't know what I think about this. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what are these balls in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Would not relate. Okay, is there okay. a <laughs> All right. I guess um, you guys spoke about how quickly you guys grew and you just went straight onto it. 16 hour days. That sounds freaking tiring to me. But it looks like it's all worth now. And I don't know if you might say it was your most happiest days, but uh, we're here now. So I just want to know, like, how did you guys or did you guys get out and grab a team or how did you guys divide the responsibilities between both of you? So I was more operations and bookkeeping and Pam's definitely a lot more marketing. Yeah, I think it helped in the sense of we knew where our strengths was yeah and it was just basically wherever a task came up just taking initiative just to do it mm-hmm. um i think that's helped heaps that we both felt like we were putting in yeah well yeah we we're just both deep diving whatever came up just solve it it was not like hey that was your job just go like i'm not gonna yeah. do it until you do it it was hey jenny doesn't have mm-hmm. time then i'm gonna jump in and just do it for now yeah um we have a lot of friends that are helping out as well so i mm-hmm. think that was great as well in terms of our own network like we've had people from my team that are able to help in the marketing side. Yeah. Jenny's business. Yeah. Some of my friends just, um, I'm just lucky to have the friends that I do. They, they came and just came and helped 
for free because they saw that I was just struggling to get the orders out. <laughs> um, so they would like come and work for like hours and hours um, just for free, basically. And we're lucky now that we are able to get some staff in and they can do the packing so we can focus on building the business and making it bigger. Yeah, and I mean, it looks pretty, it looks like it's doing really well. 13K followers on Instagram, isn't it? And you've got yeah. about 2K followers, uh, 2K members in your Facebook group as well. So yeah. how are you... In yeah, five months, don't forget exactly, that Exactly, in five months. How were how you able to build such a large community so quickly? Yeah, I think for us, like working in digital marketing, a big focus for us was always about building a community. I think businesses have a perception that if you have social media presence online, is that you're just selling products. Like you're not, for us, is actually selling a club. It's a lifestyle, right? Mm. Like people that yeah. love bubble tea are naturally going to want to connect mm. with you if they feel like they're a part of a group. And I think that's why our community is really strong. Like we have members who answer questions for us and yeah. advocate for, for our products before we even see the message yeah. pop up. Um, for us, is also at the same time actually showing that we're listening to them. Like we, I remember when we first posted our um, Facebook posts, it started going viral in terms of like DIY bubble tea. One of the comments was, hey, have you guys considered using paper straws? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so we did it. The next day we actually went and got paper straws and we took a picture and we put it into the comment section yeah. and it wow. went viral as well. Yeah. People mm. will communicate with the group and build a community when they see that you're actually responding. Because if you think about a brand that you know now, how often will you actually talk to them on social media and they actually reply you? You don't yeah. actually feel like you can yeah. to a brand. But for Bubble Tea, we want to make sure people feel like they're directly talking to Jenny yeah. and I. And we actually do sit and reply to people yeah. as well. So I think that's where we're able to grow the brand. Yeah. I mean, like just looking through your Instagram, I have seen videos of you two like actually communicating and also talking like to the community, which is really awesome to see because you don't really get to see who's behind the scenes sometimes, so you lose yeah. that sense of connection, yeah. So with both of you, how did you learn the skills that, to develop, like help running this business? Because I know you, yourself, Jenny, you've just come from optometry, but now you've just had to jump yeah. straight into the deep end and learn all these new things. Yeah, that's... And bookie, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's basically just jumping into the deep end and try to learn as fast as you possibly can. Um, a lot of Googling. So, we were just yeah, talking about how much you Googled. <laughs> I Google everything. Google is my, like, the savior. Like, um, using our accounting software and then learning how to use that and um, just figuring mm. out what everything is. Like, does this include GST? Is it not? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, basically everything was just um, a lot of research and um, a lot of hours as well. Yeah, we were lucky that we had people that were like really awesome in terms of helping us out. Yeah. So we're also people that like will ask questions. And I mm. think that's why we were really excited about the accelerator program. Yeah. So we recently just gone to Accelerator program and it basically just helps fast track on like how to scale your business and um, they're just teaching us some of the things that you probably wouldn't learn just naturally, I suppose. Yeah. So that, yeah, it's basically mm -hmm. just learning as you go and not being like, just not saying no to something because mm -hmm. you don't know, say yes to it and then learn it along the way. Yeah. And then Jenny has actually a good quote from Tony Robbins. Oh where... yeah. That's uh, my, <laughs> she, so Pam knows that I love quotes and one of, one of my favorite quotes was, um, repetition is the mother of skill. So I think in anything in life, you just have to repeat and do over again for you to get good at anything. And it's like a no bullshit. Like you can't fake it. You have to actually, in order to get good, you've got to give it your all and just keep on repeating. 
Yeah. Practice makes perfect, right? Yeah. Actually, exactly. not just practice. Perfect, perfect practice, practice makes, makes perfect. perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You've got exactly. to practice the right things. It's not just about you know yeah. doing. You got to do it right, and you got to keep yeah. doing it right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I've repetitively um took a lot of naps, but I don't. I don't know if I'm still good at doing naps, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's good to hear that you guys aren't just i don't know what to say like just going into flow in a way and just pushing forwards but you're actually taking the initiative to look for opportunities to learn and grow to, and to develop the business rather than just slogging along without no sort of without an aim or anything i think we've already touched briefly on this before but the decision to become I guess, in a way, serial entrepreneurs. You guys had this sort of mindset at the, uh, we talked about at the beginning in that Bubble Tea Club wasn't the first sort of thing that you went or you tried your hand in. It was the first thing that uh, took off in such a um, massive slope. But you guys went in, had the mindset that let's give this one a go and if it fails, we'll move on to the next one and we'll try give that one a go and if it fails, you go to the next one and now yeah, look at where you guys are. You've uh, pretty success, successful if you ask me and it's a good mindset thank you and it's only yeah, been five you. months i can't call ourselves successful yet <laughs> but thank you five months but but you've come a long way yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so was there any sort of thing holding you back from pursuing this sort of entrepreneur or business in a sense was uh was it something there was a pressure to go down the traditional pathway to keep going with the corporate life to choose i guess the safe as you said uh, your parents said it was just a risky pathway and you would rather go down the safe pathway because um, we talked about the immigrant mindset yeah i think like for me even though it was a risky mindset i was a bit of a rebel as a kid never really listened to my parents (laughs) (laughs) so i kind of um i think with the whole lockdown there was just so, so much opportunity even though there were doors that closed there was just i knew that there was going to be opportunities that would open up and we had all this time so I thought why not just give it a red hot crack and see how it goes and so it didn't I don't think anything really stopped me especially being at the time I was stood down my, my boss didn't even say anything about like when we'd reopen or what his plans mm-hmm. were I think uh, for me it was just like a kind of like a, a sinkly swim <laughs> so we kind of just mm. gave it all at all if it wasn't for, say, like the exposure that you kept having to the sort of area because of your partner, Justin, yeah. would you think you'd be going down this path at no, all? No, definitely not. He He's a big influencer. He started like Scroll, Gameology, Pocade stores. Mm-hmm. Um, he invests in a few different things as well. Um, I think with his mindset and he pushed me because me being very risk adverse, having someone who was new to that um, risky climate, he pushed me to start the bubble tea because um, we, we met through Justin and then I think I just needed that push because I can work hard mm. but I would not take the initiative to do something risky <laughs> but having him there just to, mm-hmm. yeah just give that little nudge I think that definitely helps mm-hmm. yeah and I think when especially when you're running your own business it's risky in general even without COVID mm-hmm. you're responsible mm-hmm. for when your income is coming in and you're responsible for your staff no it's not that if you leave your nine to five and don't solve a problem, you still get a paycheck. Yeah. If there's a problem that you don't solve and you leave it in business, it's you, you're gonna lose it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you already had that mentality prior to COVID, and so I think um, there was nothing really stopping us. It was just accepting that you're going to fail and accepting that it's not going to go right. But what you're mm-hmm. gonna do about mm-hmm. it and how fast you can move on from it was a really big thing for us. 
I'm just going to chuck in a shameless plug here for the new normal because this is one of the reasons why <laughs> we're doing this is because we're trying to provide a platform for others out there to sort of inspire them to and show them that there's these sort of people, so the leaders like you two, as you said, you're responsible for your staff and you have such a massive network of friends who are able to support you. And we want to show other our listeners and other people out there that it is possible um, that there's more to it than going down the traditional path that we've been sold all our lives and that having this platform and showing sharing these stories is that this could be you as well if you think that there's something holding you back many people think that we've all been through this as well but it's we're showing that it's okay to take the jump and doing something else out there that you might love we don't know yet maybe but having a as you said a red hot crack Mm -hmm. at it and if who knows where you might end up in a five years time Talking about five years' time, actually. So, what is the plans for um, for Bubble Tea Club? Where where are you guys heading? Yeah, <laughs> ask the hard question. You know, <laughs> we've been. I think that was a good thing. Like how we were mentioning before, is we were focused on trying to build the business. But along with that, we knew that Jenny and I had to build our own personal skill sets. Um, like you said, as leaders, as people, in order to build the business. And five, so for Bubble Tea Club-wise, we wanted to normalize the way people consume bubble tea at home. Yeah. It's going to become a thing of when you're asking someone at your house, do you like tea, water, or coffee? Mm-hmm. And be like, do you like bubble tea? Bro? Would you like bubble tea as well? <laughs> <laughs> bubble tea as well. It'd just be a normalized thing. So. so that's our vision, just to make it more widespread, more affordable for people to drink um, bubble tea. Yeah, and have it at home. Yeah, the same way you'd have coffee at home. It's just standard and normalized now to have bubble tea as well. So yeah. we're going to become like a household a household name. Incorporated into the Asian Australian culture, really. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so actually touching on that, have you guys heard of boba liberalism before? I, I feel like I've heard have, about it, I but haven't. I have not actually like delve into it. I think I've read it. It's like an American term or is it? I believe so. I mean boba is an American term, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think anyone yeah. here says boba. You can, you probably know more about boba now, so you can join us. <laughs> <laughs> Love to. Um, I'll give you a quick rundown on what boba liberalism is. So it's the idea of how ABCs, Asian-born um, Chinese or Asians, um, have been criticised for the lack of a true culture, and we cling on to surface-level symbols. And in this example. Like for example, boba. How we try and pretend. Oh, okay. I'm into, I'm into Asian culture by just hanging on to boba. But how how will you guys tackle this? So I know, like you've already mentioned that we're going like boba's to. We want to incorporate boba into like our everyday culture as well. So it's not just like oh, I feel Asian because I like boba. But you know, boba really is like a new a new cultural thing for our like second generation asian australians yeah i think that's interesting because a lot of time when you talk to people about bubble tea your first thought is i used to have it with my parents or it's very nostalgic yeah we talk to a lot of people and they're like hey it's actually really nostalgic i used to have it with my parents Mm -hmm. i have it with my kids and i think for boba liberalism (laughs) it's i think it's more the idea of you're clinging onto things that represent asians well publicly and i think that's where the disconnect is is that we would disassociate ourselves from what other cultures don't see asians as how do you say so like for asians that you're known to be like you're good at math you'd be like a nerd Mm. 
but you would disassociate yourself with that. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, I'm not like that. I'm rebellious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but then Boba is loved by everyone. You're like, oh yeah, I love Boba. I think that in terms of in society, people being like polarized. Yeah. Is where the disconnect is, mm-hmm. and I think people and for ourselves as Asian needs to really own that, especially when I was in corporate. Yeah, for me, so this is like a really small example, but I remember like in our household, like Asian household, you just use a mug for water, for hot tea, you use the same mug. I remember mm-hmm. like going into my internship, yeah. and it was very westernized. Um, mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, can you like we were setting up the table meetings, and I was grabbing like a jug of water, and for western <laughs> culture, they would only use. I like grab the mugs for water, and they're like, "Oh, why are you grabbing a mug? Like we <laughs> use glass for our water." I'm like, "What's your water?" We use glass. <laughs> <laughs> we use yeah. mugs for everything. <laughs> yeah, but even if like bring food in, like you yeah. avoid bringing in Asian food because you think that someone else will not like it, even if you love that food when you're at home. Mm. Um, but it's actually going into yeah, the I workforce and actually being confident. With what you're bringing in, if someone asks you like, "Why did that smell?" You're like, "Bro, let me teach you and taste it." Like, here, have a spoon <laughs> and try it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I went off topic, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but ah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, hopefully we can um, destroy that. You know, boba boba liberalism. Lo- lo- yeah, I can't <laughs> even say it. It takes seventy years. It takes seventy years for someone to accept, like to make a massive change. Yeah. So if you make one difference today, it's gonna help someone who's in our generation. Like five, ten years, and hopefully that. we are making that change as well because there's so many. We have so many Caucasian people who love our product, and if on our Facebook community, mm-hmm. I would say that a lot of our, a lot of the people who actually post and are active are Caucasian. I guess one question there as well is that do you feel this sort of pressure to try and adapt to um, this sort of like, oh, sorry, it's for a wider audience uh, apart from just Asians, or try to incorporate sort of Western values into your branding or do you feel like you have a responsibility to say like represent our history or like the history of bubble tea and our identity yeah i think for us it's actually modernizing modern yeah modernizing what people's perception is because even the flavors that we like jenny and i like might be different to what my dad and our grandparents like but that doesn't make us less mm-hmm. asian yeah like we we can still mm. evolve <laughs> Yeah, like I still like the chocolate flavors <laughs> and the strawberry milk tea, even though that's not something that I would normally go for. Yeah, and you would associate um, with being Asian like matcha. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think a lot of our products, there are some Asian products because that's where bubble tea originated from Taiwan. Um, but then there's a lot of Western drinks like like who goes and orders like strawberry milk tea? <laughs> like, um, but it is actually a a huge thing that I didn't even know about. Um, but I think. Having mm-hmm. that option there it just gives a huge variety and not only just making it into a small demographic where it's like, oh, we're targeting Asians, but just making it more widespread because we are based in Australia. Yeah, but even like, I guess that's where we're like, we can like if um, it's more popular in Australia to have strawberry and milk tea flavor, like that's fine. We'll bring that in, but we're mm-hmm. actually maintaining the way that Taiwanese people prepare the drink the methodology, the tea mm-hmm. leaves, the mm-hmm. ingredients. We do a lot of education around that as to why that's prepared because the taste of it is good. The way that people didn't like, that's why Taiwan is known mm-hmm. for the way their pearls are made, etc. We still keep a lot of that. And because food has a yeah. natural tie to culture and just because it's strawberry doesn't mean it's no longer <laughs> yeah. tied to that culture. The way that we prepare it, the way that we educate our customers is actually bringing our culture and educating people. We're just using 
their favorite flavors to educate them about Asian culture. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy because that's a testament just to the community that um, Bubble Tea Club has created because as you said uh, earlier on that your community has taught you guys so much about what sort of flavors out there they exist mm-hmm. and that they like. And then on the other end, you, both of you are also teaching them about the history and the methodology of how to make bubble tea. So I think that's pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Like someone cool. went and made like, I think mm-hmm. someone mixed our chocolate powder and now coconut powder and they made it into a lamington flavor. Like, yeah. That's so Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get any more Aussie than that. <laughs> yeah. And was it good or not? Um, did did they say? It? Have you tried it? I have only <laughs> tried them separately, but I can imagine it to be pretty delicious. <laughs> yeah, I think a combo. Oh man, the possibilities are endless. Five hundred fifty combos. Give it a shot. <laughs> well, we've gone through a lot in the last past hour, learning about uh, Bubble Tea Club and how it's just exploded onto the scene. And yeah. I think what would be good would be to wrap it up with something a bit more personal. So, just as a statement for myself. The phrase, the new normal, is currently being used by the media really frequently these days, and it's often in like quotation marks, and it tries to convey the meaning as we are, as a society, we have to settle for this new current affairs, especially with the current landscape with COVID right now. And it's just something that we have to accept, and that this is how our life is now. However, for me and Chi and Nat, ourselves, Um, That's not how we interpret the phrase. So we personally believe that the new normal is something that we strive for and not resign ourselves to. And we should be striving to create a better world for ourselves and for the community as well. And we want to look at creating the new normal all the time. So I know these points already resonate with you two ladies um, as we've spoken today. Um, But I wanted to just ask you both, what does the new normal personally mean to you guys? I think the old normal I knew was just checking eyeballs for five to six, <laughs> six days. Um, and the new normal for me. It's your new normal, Will. That's going to be my new normal scene. <laughs> your new normal oh. is Jenny's normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the new normal for me now is like replying to so many messages. I, I've never write, wrote, written so many emails in my life. <laughs> so, um, oh, I don't know. Um, yeah. But like I you said, it's like, exciting, isn't I it? I think it is exciting. I think the new normal for me at the moment is is just solving problems constantly. I, I know that doesn't sound great, but um, um, I think it's just we get to choose what problems we get to solve as well and yeah. prioritizing them. Yeah, because I feel like you were saying before, people expect us to live this new normal, but yeah. society's pressures was always there. Like prior to the new normal, you already had an expectation of how you should be living life pre-COVID. So I don't really see it actually being that much different. It's just yeah. we're just introducing a new term for it. It's just like a new revolution. Yeah. The mentality is still the same. I mean, you ladies are showing that yourselves with yeah. being able to create this bubble tea club during this period as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were lucky to have the opportunity to create this and um, set this up for ourselves. And we're on like a new path and a new journey um, but I don't think like it is like what Pam said. I don't think it's actually like super different to what it was before. Um, but it, there is definitely some new opportunities out there. Yeah, our energy has pretty much stayed the same. Mm-hmm. But our energy is not directed towards something else. That's great. No worries. So uh, I guess to cap it all off, guys, where can we our listeners find you? 
can you find us on bubbly bubbly <laughs> bubble tea bubble club stuff? au on instagram <laughs> or you can join our community bubble tea club and we're there my face yeah. is always on we're pretty, active. <laughs> we're pretty active on it but um yeah you'll probably see our bubblers chat to you before we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we love bubble tea well, the yeah. idea of just bubble tea you're gonna have fun yeah <laughs> you like business so you like entrepreneurship and understanding or like figuring out as we figure things out yeah we also share the entrepreneurial side of us solving problems like jenny said yeah more than happy to chat yeah. <laughs> awesome well to our listeners out there make sure that you tune in and watch out for what these two ladies are doing so thank you very much for coming on today um so to our listeners if you are still here you're a real one thanks for spending the time with us today and listening to pam and jenny's story and the journey of bubble tea club and anthony nat and i appreciate it so much and we're glad that you've decided to follow our movement so please feel free to follow or subscribe screenshot and share where you are now on our socials after listening to this episode And as we've previously stated as well, the team at the New Normal seeks to celebrate, support and inspire the Asian Australian community, especially our local hometown of Melbourne. And these two ladies are making huge strides despite the well-developed industry that is bubble tea in Melbourne. And we hope you're able to continue to support them in their growth. Having said that, if you know anyone doing great things and making waves, no matter how big or small, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd love to hear back from you from our listeners and the community and we'd love to be able to connect with more of you and other leaders out there so you can find us and contact us on instagram at the new normal official our email is the new at gmail.com we've got big plans coming up we've got a website under construction where we will be posting blog posts soon so you can explore our podcast guests journey even further and we are still contacting our suppliers for more apparel and accessories so stay tuned for our collection coming in the future this has been anthony nat and will from a new normal stay safe take care and join us next week for another podcast episode